everyone and welcome to the Smart Rumors podcast, where we dive into the latest news and emerging trends in recruitment and talent acquisition. I'm your host, Alper Major, and I'm back here today with Marius Estrate, an industry expert and until recently, Chief People Officer at UiPath, one of the fastest growing software companies in the world. This is our second episode of the Future of Work series, and we'll be talking about learning and development in a remote working environment. With that in mind, I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy. So, hi, Maris. It's a great pleasure having you today, and thanks, oh. thanks for taking time. And uh, for those of our, for, for those of our listeners who don't know uh, don't know about you, can you just tell them a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, sure. So, hi. Uh, thank you for for having me, uh, Opie. Um, I've been working in uh, in in the technology domain for my my entire career, uh, fifteen years now, and um, I've I've worked as a software engineer. Um, I've worked leading uh, large software uh, projects for for major players in telecom, especially in the semiconductor field. And uh, then for a number of years, I I was the CEO of a company that was developing HR software, and most recently. Uh, Chief People Officer of, of UiPath, the leader in robotic process automation, uh, during the phase of, of uh, let's say, the fast growth of the company from approximately 100 employees to 3,000 by the time I left globally. And today I am um, I am investing in technology companies and I am advising technology companies who want to grow globally, who want to know how to operate remote teams, how to grow fast and uh, and establish a footprint um, around the globe and respond to customer needs around the globe. That's great. Thank you so much. I would like to ask you about well-being of, of remote teams or well-being of teams that are spread across uh, different uh, nationalities, different mm. uh, locations, different different teams. So basically, what, what, what are the aspects that an employer should should pay special attention when it comes to the well-being of these these remote teams and when i mean well well-being as as you said in our first episode that you know uh maybe having a a noom or a calm uh, app or someone mm-hmm. who they can talk to and, and stuff like that yeah so i think things have have, have not changed now in the midst of this crisis compared to what what we were dealing with before when it comes to the well-being or i like to think of it more broadly as 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 the engagement of your employees how engaged are they okay. um, uh it it comes down to a couple of things for me first giving people the tools to do their jobs if you don't give them the minimal infrastructure that they need in order to be able to do their jobs there there isn't there isn't there's maybe just one other cause of frustration for an employee, and I'm going to mention it immediately, uh, other than not having what you need to do your job. Can you imagine doing your job without a laptop? Nope. Uh, or can you imagine you know, having your laptop broken down and not having the ability to have one for four or five working days because you need to fill in paperwork to get a new laptop? And no way. you know, write a file in an entire report about why 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 the previous one broke down. So that's that's just atrocious, right? You, you yeah. don't want anybody to go through that. But now I gave an extreme example, uh, yeah. but but it's important to um, ensure that your company has. Uh, so let's say I, I wouldn't say ideal, right? Because nobody can have ideal infrastructure, but proper infrastructure. Um, one of the most important lessons I've 
I've learned, and this was working for UiPath, was that one of the secrets to growing fast successfully is having a relatively constant growth to infrastructure ratio. You don't want one or the other. Well, you don't want to over-index on the infrastructure. Of course. Then you Pay more attention of, to exactly. the machines and the cloud and the, and, the, and the tools than you do to the actual growth of your business because then, then that's yeah, another exactly. CD kind of way of doing business. But you don't want to over-index on the growth either without any consideration for the infrastructure. I've just signed four new customers in four different countries. Am I equipped to, to serve to deal with those them. customers? Yeah, yeah. Does the customer success team or whoever onboards them, I don't know, do, do they have what they need to perform their job, right? Yeah. Uh, that is a very important question to ask and often a, 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 the, one of the main sources of, of, of frustration. Again, let's not just think of, of the technical uh, tech, tech companies, right? And In our field, let's think of other fields. It's quite often a source of frustration. And, and the second one, as you might imagine, is the relationship with the manager very often the source of, of discontent or lack yeah. of engagement is the nature of the relationship with, with, with the manager. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot to be said there. It deserves an entire uh, podcast. Definitely. But I would say that especially during times like these, um, empathy is, is, is really important. And I'm not, I'm, when I say empathy, I mean empathy in the true sense of the word, uh, the one you know that has multiple dimensions empathy uh, that that materializes and caring about the people who are working in your team, but also setting high standards for them and clear standards for them right We were talking in the first yeah. part of our pod- podcast about kpis objectives Objective, yeah yeah so it 's important to to set those and not to deviate from uh, from those to explain them really well but also to care about the people you are working with ask them how they are doing how they 're struggling with uh, through uh, through everything and um, you know through Empathetic. I mean, th- this is going to be like a uh, <laughs> uh, kind of a weird expression of pleonasm in some sort of way. Through empathetic leadership, leadership should be empathetic. Let's so let's just say it's true leadership. Same. Exactly. Is empathetic. Is, is, if it's is, not, it's just management. Exactly. It's it's authentic. It's vulnerable. Uh, it's full of purpose. So right. what, and um, I fully agree with, with what you're saying. And basically, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk around all these different tools and all these different programs and stuff, you know, for employee well-being. When, when at the end of the day, it's just about, you know, like Maslow's Pyramid, the first level, just give me the tools, give me that laptop because I need it and give me that, that trust and that understanding to do my job. That's all I need. I don't need a, a yoga subscription all for, <laughs> I, I don't know exactly. what. Exactly. Of course, exactly. that's nice to have. Yeah, but, yeah. But that's not, not not something that that you should invest in if you don't have the uh, the, the base. I find that sometimes companies over-index on the benefits or on the on the compensation yeah, without having benefits you know, without having the you know we don't have proper, laptops but we have a yoga teacher in the, yeah <laughs> proper or, or or we don't have proper leadership but in order because you're stressed at work we're going to give you yoga exactly. sessions for free and exactly and exactly. and and gym subscriptions to re, to relax but i listen i don't think there's an ideal place across the globe or an ideal company or somebody who's done this perfectly over, but there is, there is at, at least, you know, as, as a company and as a leadership team in a company, you can try to do your best 
to get your managers slash leaders, however you want to call them, right? Uh, or, or trained, leader developed. Leadership Very development is, is, is key, right? Because if you develop your leaders and if you bring them to, to their maximum uh, potential within within their company you're actually developing the 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 entire teams it's a known fact a lot of employees don't leave the company because they want to leave the company they leave the company because of, of the manager that they have because of the leader in in their team it's a it's a known fact despite yeah. all of the comp and ben by the way it doesn't matter what kind of package you have uh, now obviously they're not going to do this in a in, in a time of crisis, like right now, but yeah. it doesn't mean that the cracks will not show. And right? the, the crisis will pass. And we, uh, we, at least we learned that from history, you know. We've had crises before, so basically mm-hmm. it will pass and uh, you don't want to be losing your, your, your top, because mostly it, it's your top guys and, and gals that, that are leaving uh, mm-hmm. because of these, uh, you know, these needs of leadership. And, you know, yeah. that, that first layer of, of needs that, that, that someone, someone might have. And speaking of, you know, leadership and uh, development of, of, of your leadership, how do you see that changing in, um, in, in the current context? Because for, I give myself as, as an example, most of my professional life's uh, a lot of trainings that, 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 that I did were practical ones in class mm-hmm. uh, with exercises, with case studies, I don't know, on the field or, or, or in class, how do you see that going for? How, how can you make sure that you can do that online, basically? Uh, listen, or can you do it online? Or? You can. You, you absolutely can. I think one of the best leadership development programs I was part of, uh, and I, now I wanted to be part of it before I recommended it within the, the, the company, uh, was 100% online. And it was okay. done out of San Francisco. So for me, I'm, I'm based in Bucharest, Romania. It would have been impossible to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, be, to be there. But, you know, all, all 50 or 60 or so participants were on a huge wall in a virtual classroom. And, uh, and it was actually, the, it was pretty well organized. And um, you, do, you, you did feel connected. Uh, because everyone's voice was 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 heard, they took care of the infrastructure aspects like really well before the session would start. They made sure that people who were there were being seen and 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 heard and could participate and contribute. There are ways to do it. Uh, to, but but remote, if if you remotely. talk about how effective you're talking it, about an in class session, right? Because that's yeah. what you had mentioned. But, do, but do I you think, think it's beyond it's that. It's the same. Yeah. Okay. I think it's beyond that. I think it's not just a question of of of, of tools, right? Um, I know cases of of companies, some of them here locally. Um, it was a pleasant surprise for me to find out companies not in the tech sector, by the way, here locally that encourage their employees and especially their leaders to read. They've got an education package for leaders, you know, and they explain to them. This is what, you know, the founders of this company had in mind when they built this organization, right? And uh, this is what they were, this is what they thrive to, to create as an organization. And as a leader, this is like your Bible. I had made a short list of three books in my, in my, in, at, at skill value when I was a CEO. Uh, everyone that, uh, that, uh, that came in had to go, well, actually it was a couple of books and then some, some optional ones, but we, the couple of books, we called them the Bible and the Quran. So, um, uh, but they were books that were important for the way that company 
thought about the world and operated as, as a consequence of that, right? Uh, they were really important books and for us and as and individuals, think, not just as leaders. <clears throat> and how, because this is another question and uh, this is something I myself have, have dealt with. Um, uh, so basically, how do you make sure that this is transmitted throughout the organizations? This is something, let, let's take, for example, a, big, a bigger company. This is something that is coming from HR and mm -hmm. specifically leadership and development team or this is something that should come from, from management, from, from leadership? They are, they are, again, artifacts of the culture, uh, Olpi. Um, we mentioned in the first part that the culture has symbols, has artifacts, has yeah. behaviors that are being exemplified and that help people identify their, the, the culture, put their finger on the culture. These are those things, and it's not HR's job or just the manager's job. It's, it's actually everyone's job. And the more you're a veteran in the company, I think the more, the, and, and the more you are ingrained and weaved into the fabric of, of who that organization is, the more you're going to feel the need to do it and, and to contribute. Uh, people want to belong to, mm -hmm. uh, to a culture and, and, and uh, feel the need to be together with others and do something together. We are social beings. That's why it hurts. That's why it hurts us so much to stay just to stay 100% inside all the time right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's because we yeah. are social beings. Uh, so you can count on, on people to disseminate that knowledge because this is what you're talking about. How do you yeah. make sure the knowledge is disseminated? It's not just one's responsibilities, but again, I come back to the infrastructure. It's, it's useless to mention an element or a book or a presentation or if nobody can find it right? <laughs> on your internet or in yeah, whatever, yeah. Uh, wherever you share your resources. In that, if it's just something that's uh, you know, hypothetical and metaphorical, oh, that book that all of us should have read right when we started or yeah, that handbook exactly. that, uh, well, we haven't seen one in a couple of years, but you know, we know it's there. You know, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and it, uh, it's the same with uh, with with training as well, especially. Yeah. Like, oh, that training. Have you gone through the sales training? What yeah, sales training? The one that's online. I've looked for sales training and I haven't found anything. Yeah. Well, I don't know where it is either because I've you no, know, I've. Yeah, we we've done one, years. Uh, We did one like three yeah, years ago. And, uh, <laughs> we, we should find it, or you know. Yeah. Uh, and I have one last question before we, we close off this episode, uh, w which is the actual, you know, impact of the impact on, on remote working. How do you think remote working will change uh, with, with, uh, with, with this situation in terms of our, our view of remote working? Because if, if you, so basically what I'm trying to ask is, do you think there's a change in how people, how employees will view work from home or remote working? I think there is. I think there is. I, again, I'm going to come back to one, one of the things I said in our very, in the, as an answer to the very first question. I think we had forgotten how labor intensive our economy actually is, how much we rely on people performing. Okay. Uh, doing their jobs, performing certain tasks. Uh, look beyond the first line of what's going right now in the fight against this, this awful virus. Look into the second line and look at all of these things that need to happen remotely, but happen remotely with difficulty. I'm talking about education, for example. I'm talking about other public services, right? Yeah. Um, 
uh, where where employees could potentially do their job remotely if forced to do so or if they need to do so, right? But we now discovered that they don't have the infrastructure to, to do so. And this goes beyond education. There are areas around the globe where, uh, you know, public other public services or public administration services could be provided remotely and those employees could perform their job from home, right? Estonia uh, is a good example. Uh, Estonia is a good example of a digitized state, but it's also a small country. Let's not forget that. In yeah. order to digitize France or Germany, you need more more than Estonian goodwill. Um, so, but there are possibilities to do so. I'm, I'm, I, let me give you the, an ex, a practical example. My father is a construction engineer. He works for um, for public authorities here in our country, and there is a critical piece of infrastructure that is being built uh, in the region where he's working as we speak, and he has to go. He is responsible for that project's delivery. He has to go there. Obviously, the construction workers are there on site. Of course. Few meters away from each other, but each one of them doing their job so that they can deliver the project, and he has to go in and take photos. That's why he has to be on site. He goes at the end of the day to check what was done and to take photos. Now, how easy could that be done remotely if they had the possibility to use drones? Drone, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. To to uh, to be able to to do that, we just we just haven't put the infrastructure in. Um, uh, okay. in, in in place and and we're suffering right now we're suffering because yeah economy is um is very very labor intensive i don't mean that in a negative way that it should be less labor intensive i think it should be labor intensive i just think that people should be spending their time on valuable work on meaningful valuable not always creative don't associate that just with creative but <laughs> meaningful valuable work work that uh, provides huge uh, uh, added value to society. So I think in the context of, of, of remote work, I believe that this is what's going to change. I think we're going to ask ourselves more, hey, we hadn't actually given serious thought to remote education, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, there are many countries, our own included, where there's a crisis of personnel in, 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 in healthcare and in education. You know, what if some things could be done? <clears throat> and do you think companies slash governments for that matter will, will follow up on that with, with money as well? Because I, I think th in a lot of companies, that's also a huge part of the problem, let's say. They're, mm -hmm. they're just not willing to invest. Maybe maybe they saw the benefits or they, they saw the case studies that, that, that said yeah. it's beneficial, but they, they didn't, didn't really invest. And now somehow they are forced to invest. Will they continue that investment or, 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 or increase that investment in these, um, the, these aspects? The reality is that I don't know because yeah. it's highly dependent on uh, the demand. It's highly dependent on the demand. If the public will demand it, uh, then either private or public uh, entities will start coordinating uh, some efforts to, okay. to implement those things. But, you know, it took a crisis for us to realize that for the basic medical checks or consultations, you can actually have a video conference with, with a with doctor, doctor. describe your symptoms and they... You know, not in all cases, but in four of out of five cases, they're going to be able to help. And this way you limit the exposure of that doctor 
to you and to 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 people and they can go ahead and do more meaningful work in the current context right so we took that to to get there um will it will it stick i don't know if yeah, we yeah, ask we'll for see. it it's going to stick if we as yeah, consumer definitely. ask for it it's going to stick if not it's not and i think that again you know uh, thinking about uh, our, our professional work and our professional life this if 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 part of or most of the of the employees will ask for something and and then maybe uh, things can change and can have a different turnout of events in terms of anything from culture anything from learning and development in order to to improve on, mm-hmm. on these aspects. So I, I also believe in, in the power of, of, you know, getting together and asking for something, of course, asking, uh, in a, in a professional way, you know, I don't know, building a business case or, of course. or, or making the case for that ask that you're doing. And this starts from, from your basic Maslow level, uh, ask as I need a laptop and I don't necessarily need to, to explain why I need that laptop to, to more, uh, let's say, intersect things like learning and development. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, uh, you know, companies, management, leadership uh, will, will see things a different way if there's the power of, of a company that, that's backing that ask. Okay. <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. I think at a yeah. societal level, uh, one can only hope that, that uh, we're going to see some changes and maybe we're going to spawn some new asks at the end of this <laughs> crisis. I don't know. Uh, you know, air is, uh, air is clean outside. That is amazing. <laughs> I have, Finally, yeah. I, and, and I have not uh, inhaled such fresh and healthy air in uh, capital city in Europe in years. Um, so, you know, that's amazing. Well, I, I've, I've realized there's a lot of stuff I can do, you know, without my car. So I would maybe, uh, agree or even initiate, uh, a, a, a discussion around how to drive around and use our cars, right. Who gets yeah. to, uh, to use their cars on an everyday basis and, and who doesn't, you know, I'm now open to that. If, if I get air like this, if we could get air like this, I yeah. don't know. Uh, seven days out of like seven, <laughs> I would definitely sacrifice some some things right now. But not not all people will do that. There are you know people with kids will tell you right now how much uh, they, they would love to have better infrastructure for remote um, for remote education. And yeah. again, that's something that we should uh, back, right? So there are there are initiatives like this that we're going to be talking about that that would enable remote activities to happen. Uh, independently of whether it's a it's a it's a it's a crisis or or not, this this goes beyond the beyond the crisis. And f- and for companies more broadly, or if we come back to our sector again to technology, this this is just a reminder, right? That we can companies who who work with global teams, who operate global teams, already know this. Yeah, exactly. They don't check on their employees to see if they're in the office from nine to five. You have two people in in uh, I don't know in Manila yeah. in in the Philippines. And you have no control over. Yeah. <laughs> Even from headquarters... a, you know, a time zone perspective. Exactly. No exactly. For us, it's for us. This is a this is a reminder. But for other sectors in the economy, this is a wake up call. Maybe that we need to better think some digitized ways of of doing things. 
Cool. Thank you so much for 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 joining me, Marius, in this in this talk. I think it was a it was a great talk. And that's all, folks. Uh, see you next time. Thank you, all people. Everyone, thank you so much for joining this episode of the Smartmers podcast. If you enjoyed it and found the information valuable, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. You can also reach us at smartumors.com or check out our blog at smartumors.com forward slash blog. See you next time.